Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. You know, somebody else who has the taxpayer, the, the little guy or gal in mind is the Auditor General of Canada as well. And when we heard Danny just mentioning that uh, there have been some highlights from the report that's come out earlier today, including a two-year backlog on the refugee determination system, unable to process claims on time. I'm saying, what the hey? How does this happen? Let's find out directly from the interim Auditor General of Canada. Sylvain Ricard is joining the Oakley Show at Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Sylvain, good to have you on board. Hi there. Thank you for the invitation. Well, you know, I'm curious, as I said, uh, as to how we find ourselves in a fix because we had this surge of asylum seekers in 2017. And so uh, the processing has not been expedited, even though we were promised it would be. Uh, and this goes back a number of years now. How was this allowed to happen? Well, essentially what's happening here is we have a, a business model that delivers fixed capacity in a given year, where the volume on the number of demand in a given year fluctuates. So there's a need for the government to put in place a way of doing business that would be more nimble to allow to adapt quickly to uh, the variation in the demand. Well, my understanding is, uh, I guess, in the time that was studied since 2017, what have we had? About 40,000 individuals arrived this way. Is that not correct? Well, what's, what we're facing now is uh, a backlog, uh, a number of files of 71,000 files uh, waiting to, for, for, for a decision. And, and that's after reform in, tw- in 2012 to try to address similar issues. In 2010, there was 59,000 files waiting. We're now eight years after, after reform, with the number of demand being uh, in the backlog that have increased to 71,000. And the waiting time at the time was 19 months, and it's now two years. So there will be a need to <clears throat> change the way of doing business so that the organization involved in this process have access uh, quickly to uh, resources that they need to adapt to the variation in the number of demand. Yeah, we're actually uh, losing time or ground on this one, I guess, because uh, we're being overwhelmed. Is there any way of quantifying what that would cost the taxpayer? Because, I mean, we have to house these individuals uh, while their claims are being processed. And uh, we know the whole drill. There's the medical and all the other expenses and so on and so forth. Any idea what that's costing the taxpayer? No, that's not something we've uh, audited. What we, we try to determine is uh, how the process was working and adapting to fluctuation and, and processing within the the objective of government, which is to, to make a decision within two months. Uh, and uh, what we found there is not two months, it's going to be two years. And if nothing changed and everything remained the same, uh, the estimate we made is in five years, it's going to be five years. Right. Well, I was going to ask you, what's your assessment right now at this point in time? Is it going to get worse before it gets better? 
Well, as you may know, the government has uh, added money uh, to the program uh, in the last little while, but that's not something we've audited yet. So it's difficult for us to see exactly what they're going to do uh, and what will be the impact of that. And your report, that's done on an annual basis then, is it? No, not that one. That's uh, what we call a performance audit. That uh, Those are topics we, we choose from time to time. Um, and it may be a number of years before we go back to that very same topic. Okay, well, hopefully it's not as ominous uh, a report or a finding in however many years you get around to it again. In five years, it's going to be a five-year backlog. My goodness, uh, this is sort of counterproductive. And speaking of which, let me ask you about this other finding, the RCMP. Uh, not sure that all of its officers have access to the rifles and body armor needed to respond to an active shooter. Uh, again, this is several years since we've had these incidents where the Mounties, uh, there was that Maplethorpe issue out in Alberta about uh, a dozen years or so ago, and three Mounties gunned down five years ago in New Brunswick, and we're still vacillating on how to properly equip these people? Well, what we found in that one is that officers don't always have uh, the equipment and the training they need to protect themselves and, pro- and protect the, the public. And what we're talking about here is about uh, hard body armor and, and, and carbines. I see. So uh, it's just specific equipment that they're being denied. Well, what's happening with the carbines is they have not established uh, a national standard to determine who should have uh, carbines or not in which circumstance. And until they do so, they will not be able to to establish if all of their officers have have access to carbines. And all of that in a context where uh, we also found issues with the maintenance uh, 50% of the carbines are not maintained accord- in accordance to their own requirements. And uh, annual uh, training, recertification, uh, 13% of the agents are not recertified every year. And if they're not recertified, they can't have access to carbines. Well, Sylvia, like, how does this surface then as an area you need to audit or examine? Um, we what we do is we we try to find topics that will have the bigger impact. We, uh, as everybody, we don't have unlimited resources, so we we assess the various programs in the federal government and we try to pick something that would make a big difference. You refer to the tragic events that took place some years ago. Uh, there was some uh, core decisions, some internal reviews, and when we've turned to the RCMP in terms of uh, topics to audit. That one became obvious to us. Well, here's another one then. Let me run this by uh, sales tax. When it comes to uh, GST on foreign products and services sold in Canada in 2017, how much sales tax went uncollected and therefore impacts, I guess, the taxpayer and the government coffers? Well, uh, we, we, found, we, found, uh, we found two Two things here. Um, area where there is authority to do some work uh, and make sure that all the money gets collected, then that's in regard to the revenue agency and the uh, border uh, services agency where they have the authority to make sure that all the tax uh, that should be paid is paid and they're not doing enough work. 
On the other hand, uh, we also audited Finance Canada, how they were doing uh, analysis for decision-making, for policy-making decisions. Um, and we found they were doing great analysis. And we report in our file, uh, in, our, in our report, um, that they had uh, found issues uh, with the fact that foreign vendors don't have to collect the tax. And that creates an unfair advantage relative to Canadian uh, vendors. Right. And a lot of this is digital transactions where we don't have the wherewithal to collect. Is that not correct? Well, that's that's another area where they don't have all uh, the authority or the tools in place to be able to uh, to to collect um, and put in place. So, for example, uh, CRA does not have the authority to um, uh, to to make foreign vendors to uh, remit tax on a voluntary basis, as as it happened in in some provinces in other countries. But that's something that does not exist in terms of authority for the revenue agencies until a decision is made to change that, they will not have access to that to that mechanism or that tool. All right. But if we've identified that there's leakage, if we can call it that, we need a new law to close that loophole. That's effectively what you're saying, because there's a real uh, serious figure attached to the GST on foreign products and services sold in Canada. What is that figure? Well, maybe you're referring to the fact that in our report, we, we made an estimate on the um, what I was talking earlier about the foreign vendors on digital product don't have to collect the tax because right now it's not taxable. We made an estimate of $169 million. $169 million. Again, with Sylvain Ricard, he's the Interim Auditor General of Canada. The report came out earlier today, and some of the highlights uh, we're mentioning. Another one I've got to ask you about, because this is uh, something I, I find it interesting, because you can't quantify it with a dollar value per se, but it's a real pain in the backside for a lot of people. Millions, you cite, millions of people, millions of Canadians had trouble getting through to agents at federal call centers. Uh, <laughs> you obviously uh, tried to audit this, or uh, you, you, you focused on this, because because there's a certain critical mass complaining about it, I'm sure. Well, what we were trying to identify are the topics that would be of value to Canadians, that would have an impact on, on Canadians ultimately, right? Mm-hmm. We're, not, we're not doing just the audit for, for the paperwork. We're trying to make a difference. And on this one, we're talking about call centers that deal with employment insurance, uh, old age security, um, uh, CPP payments, um, so those are call centers where we found that out of 16 million callers, 8 million, half of them could not get you to an agent. <laughs> wow. Uh, that's not a good, uh, what do we call that, uh, ratio of satisfaction there. So 50% couldn't get through to an agent. What would you recommend then? What what would the takeaway be from this finding that we have to uh, increase the size of the apparatus and the public service here, or uh, we have to go to a different system? What is the takeaway? Well, one of the things that we mentioned in our report is the need to have service standards in place so that when you manage such an organization, you know what you're trying to deliver, and also you're being transparent with the callers in terms of what they should expect in level level of service. So right now, there's some area where there's no call center, no no service standards, sorry, and there are areas where there are service standards, but the service standards are not based on consulting with Canadians to see what they need. 
All right. So when I use public service, uh, that is in quotations, then I guess I'm understanding from your report that uh, some of these centers sent people back to an automated phone system or directed them to a website or told them to call back later. Uh, That is not the definition of service. But we've appreciated your service this afternoon and highlighting some of your findings in the report earlier today. Thank you, Sylvain. Thank you very much. All right. Sylvain Ricard, again, is the Interim Auditor General of Canada. Yeah, that's got to be a pain when you get caught up in voice uh, voice jail because, uh, well, you're being shunted around (laughs) by a nameless, faceless bureaucrat uh, or somebody who doesn't even answer the phone. They don't feel obligated to. Oh, dear. Well, uh, hopefully something positive will result as a consequence. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.